Well, hello, Leanna. Hello. It's, uh, well, uh, world seems to be going to hell in a handbasket. It's gone to this hell in this handbasket before, but every time it does it, we seem to think it's the first time it's happened. Nonetheless, it's still hell in a handbasket. Yeah, people like to show what good people they are by going, uh, uh, I keep thinking about, you know, that line from the first season of Loki on Disney Plus. Yes, what? very sad. Anyway. <laughs> what was the line? They just told him that some people had gotten killed and he took a moment to just say the perfunctory. Yes, very sad. Anyway, uh, oh, and that okay. that is just how I feel about so many of these people who are screaming and crying and rending garments and using inflammatory language. And then the minute something closer to home happens, they're they're distracted. Squirrel. Well, yeah, I mean, OK, America does have a unique mass shooting problem. They do. There's no there's no denying that. But um, the fact that it pivoted so fast just surprised even me and i am very cynical well i uh yeah i have to say that i am completely done with the far left completely you done. weren't done before this that i'm i'm more done than before when i was done i'm done 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 like okay Chilliwack. but well let, let's be clear though um people are you know political extremes are just that extremes except and they're they, the loudest and get the most attention no i i don't i don't think well oh you mean the both extremes do yes well that because that's because the media loves a i'll say gong show and i didn't want to say gong the uh where was People, it okay yeah the, le- the thing about the left is the left is every bit the far left is every bit as hateful as the far right they just think that if they cry performative tears, it makes them nice people. They, their compassion and their principles are flexible. They don't apply universally to all people, all victims, for example. No, it's some people are worthy of their compassion and other people are worthy, uh, are not worthy. So some civilians in the world, innocent civilians, are worthy of their compassion. Other civilians, they do backflips to try to talk about why these people who are victims are, are victims of their own actions and they don't deserve any, uh, any love, any compassion. They're just horrible people who are trying to convince themselves that they are good people. It's, it's all over the place. Horrible people who try to hook themselves up to what they think is a virtuous cause and in service of that virtuous cause, they will do everything that is absolutely not virtuous because they think they have justification because they're virtuous. They are so full of crap and their heads are so far up their own butts. It's I just and they're loud. And I just I, I mean, I the, the far right, at least, you know how disgusting they are. But the far left people think, well, they care about this. They No, they don't. No, they don't. They don't care about anything except themselves. It's the peacemaker thing. 
you know, he's so committed to world peace that he doesn't care how many people he has to kill to get it. That's right. The, the TV show Peacemaker. That's right. It's... Yeah. I mean, let's let's face it. These extremes appeal to two types of people. Horrible people, narcissists, people with dark triad personality traits or dark tet tetrad, as some people say, but or uh, very, very broken people who have such low self-esteem that they just want to know what right things to say so that they will be protected by the biggest bully. And, you know, they don't. The thing that I found, and obviously I'm, I'm talking about what's going on in the, in the Middle East, is that there are so many lies that are baked in that people without uh, requisite knowledge in the area think are givens, think are just, well, everybody knows this is true. And this is why it's very difficult to have a discussion with somebody about the Middle East because they're starting from a position of believing things that are complete BS. Like, for example, they freak out when you say, well, you know, there actually has never been a self-governed Palestinian state named Palestine. It's never, there never has been one. So oh, you're, you're taking away their ability to argue both sides of the issue. Well, the see, they've got this idea that there was this existing state for a long time called Palestine. And then uh, Israel was given half of an existing or a portion of an existing country. And that that isn't what happened at all. There was no there was a district, basically a region called Palestine. It was a it was a, uh, a an administered mandate. area by yeah. by England. And they did divide it. They did partition it the same way they did India and Pakistan. And it went about as well. Yeah. The so people are like the Jews don't belong there. They took the land. It's like, no, no, no. They didn't take the land. In 1948, the U.N. partition plan gave a portion of the area which was not a country called Palestine and they said this half's going to be for the Jews called Israel this half will be uh it, it, they weren't called Palestinians there they, then they were just called Arabs but this will be for them and uh the Arab nations said no uh well you're sharing. you're we don't have the time to get into what happened in the Golan Heights and how some of it was part of Jordan and some of it was part of Syria and some of it was part of Egypt and you know, there were multiple wars that Israel was not the primary aggressor in. And they use in 67, technically, Israel attacked first. But it's the same way as, you know, Ukraine fired first in a few battles against Russia. But that's because Russia was surrounding the area. It's it's complicated. The area has gone back and forth. You know, the... What frustrates me is people are using a bunch of words designed to have an emotional charge without understanding the concepts they're applying. Like genocide and ethnic cleansing and apartheid? Well, okay. Are we going to go there? Because this is going to take some time on its own. Then it will take some time because here's, let me tell you what I think and then let, you'll, you'll give me the well, analysis which, which, that you know. Which term, which term do you want to start with? Well, let me start with an overall thing which yeah. is that the uh, the establishment of the state of Israel was because the world felt bad because once again, they'd allowed Jews to be slaughtered in epic fashion. Okay, they, that's not completely true. Because well, 
part of it was they started, it started with the Balfour Declaration, and then it was supposed to be relocating a bunch of Jewish people while the British still controlled the area. That started in 1947 after some very, very bloody Arab uprisings in the 30s, followed by some very very bloody jewish terrorist group uprisings they have a they have an extreme due in the 40s and it got so bad that only a year after they started the transition process the british went we're out we're not doing this anymore with the expectation that israel would last maybe three months so it wasn't just oh the poor holocaust survivors it was they wanted out of the area they didn't actually care about the fate of the one-year-old, you know, area called Israel. All right. True. That That's very important for people to understand. There was no big colonial plot to give the area a, a Jewish character at the expense of then the Arabs now known as Palestinians. The... And the Arab surrounding Arab countries did not treat Palestinians well, no matter where they went. You know, tens of thousands of them just disappeared in places like Syria and Jordan. Other places we know there were uprisings and they were killed. The Arab countries that have had to deal with the Palestinians were no kinder to them than Israel was, possibly quite the opposite. This is all important. This well, all matters. The they were into they were into Jordan, the Palestinians, and tried to overthrow the government of Jordan. Well, and, they they tried to set up their own state, and they, they were trying to over they were trying to push out the monarchy. They were trying to push out King Hussein. Well, they and, were trying to collect their own taxes, and the Jordanians went ah uh, ah uh, no. And they in, that was that was the Black September. Yeah, uh, they yeah. they slaughtered the Jordanians. Went in there and said no. And they went into refugee camps. They went everywhere. They just slaughtered. They killed tens of thousands of people. Yeah, tens of thousands of people. Far, far more than we've seen in Gaza right now, where people are saying, it's the worst thing ever. It's not. It's just not. It's terrible. But we have to keep our heads. It's not the worst humanitarian disaster or crisis. There are at least five more that I can think of that are worse right now yemen syria tigray ukraine and then pick your fifth you know some of the stuff china's doing north korea pick one you know so but there a lot of popular sentiment supporting israel was because oh uh, the holocaust happened and it was and the holocaust slaughtered six million jews it was it was un, uh, it was horrific um and plus plus um Romani people plus gay people. Oh yeah, plus, yeah. You know, but that they weren't part of the equation for uh, for Israel. So if you go and if, if if that is the underpinning that people have had in their head of why Israel exists, because they were victims of genocide. If you want to delegitimize the state of Israel, you accuse Israel of committing genocide. It then takes away the power of what was done to the Jews and makes it like, well, you guys are no better. So it delegitimizes in the back of people's head. It starts to delegitimize 
the existence of the state of Israel. The same with ethnic cleansing, which, by the way, I think is the most offensive term. Cleansing you know, is you when know you're actually term, cleaning something. Do you know where that term came from? No. That was a weasel word adopted when Yugoslavia fell apart. And they couldn't actually use the term genocide. So they came up with this not a thing. You know, the way Paul did for for gay relationships in the New Testament. He just made up a word. They came up with that because they were trying to find something that sounded less bad. And at that time, the euphemisms were everywhere because the time the belief was you you had to appeal to the aggressor's better nature. So, you know, you're not going to get anybody to do what you want if you say you're the worst person in the world. So they came up with this nothing term of ethnic cleansing. And now it's it's being used for the complete opposite purpose that it was created to do. Now, there was a lot of controversy about the use of the term at the time. A lot of these definitions that people are using have not been accepted. You know, there is a lot more agreement on climate change being a man-made phenomenon than there is for some of these terms. And people throwing them around don't, don't factor in that even some people on, on the left say there's a problem with the International Criminal Court's definition of apartheid. There's a problem with the definition of genocide according to the International Criminal Courts. And a big problem besides those is that neither the US nor Israel are signatories of the ICC. Canada is, but you can't hold people to laws. They didn't join the ICC because they were afraid that it was... It was a bit of a setup that I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying that that was the justification that America's enemies would just accuse them of everything in the book because America is often called to be the world's policeman. And so their soldiers are at greater risk of being accused frivolously of war crimes. All of this matters. All, all of, of this it, matters. All of it matters. And, and as uh, the problem for me with the term ethnic cleansing is these nobody's being cleaned. This isn't a mass bath for people. This well, is like I, murder. Like I said, it was designed to be an artificially gentle yeah, terminology. It's, it's offensive. So warlords' offensive. feelings weren't warlords' feelings weren't hurt. Yeah, it's that was the whole point of the term. People should not be using it. Nobody's being cleaned. They are being murdered. Like the idea of ethnic cleansing is murder. It's not cleaning, not, and that's not what's going on. They, do you not remember the when that term came in? I actually do. As you were talking yeah, about, it, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 oh yeah. yeah. It was a big bag of nonsense right from the beginning. Like just absolute. Give me a break. People have come to believe. That genocide just means a, a, a military situation where many people are killed. That is not genocide. Well, they they in this case that it's that's not quite that simple. In this case, they're saying that the denial of food and water is is genocidal. Now that's that's taking one piece of the law and inaccurately applying it. The people saying that are right, that one way 
if the intent is to starve or dehydrate a people because they are a particular ethnic or religious background, then it is. It's that intent thing. And you really can't argue with a straight face that the issue here is just that Israel wants to, you know, it, it would be it would be the dumbest move in history to think that you can wipe out the Palestinian people just in Gaza. They're not doing that. They were attacked. The idea that you can argue that it's somehow just, oh, they want these people out of there so that they can be replaced is missing the fact that 1,400 people were killed or kidnapped. And I, I, I do think that there is a certain glee in in the minds of some of some, not all of these left wing people who just enjoy tormenting people. And they they assume that they they're doing it because they just hate because they think everybody thinks like them. Now, again, not all, but you really have to stretch a long way to get the to get the outcome from the facts we have that have been verified and facts that have been verified, very important in this case. But you really have to stretch to get that intent based on what we have. And and I want to talk about that more. Uh, But first, I want to say that genocide, as you pointed out, is a a deliberate intent to uh, wipe out a, a people. Yeah. And the the fact is that since uh, 1948, the population of Palestinians in the West Bank and Gaza has grown from about 1.2 million to over 5 million. Now, genocide would go from 1.2 million to zero. All right. The idea or, or you'd see numbers like you have of Jewish populations in Iraq, Saudi Arabia, Iran, Syria, Lebanon, so on and so forth. You see them going from over 100,000 people and down to two or four or a few thousand. That's what you expect to see if there's a deliberate attempt, which has happened, you know this, Ed, it's happened all over the Arab world. The minute Israel was founded, they started putting in discriminatory laws and starting pogroms and a whole bunch of other things. People were forced to leave with nothing. And that was going on all through the 50s and 60s. And the people who are anti-Israel have used that fact to label the Israelis colonists. That's one of the things that, which is why I say, if we're going to talk about definitions, we got to talk about what definitions means. Colonialism, colonists mean you're not from there. The The South Africa, the Dutch went in and colonized South Africa. They weren't from there. They weren't one historically indigenous population doing bad stuff to another historically indigenous population. They were from Holland. They were not from Africa. The Israelis, it was called Israel for a reason. And the Al-Aqsa Mosque is on top of the site of the Second Temple. How do you claim they're colonists? Like you, I keep thinking of the Princess Bride. You know that line? You keep using this word. I do not think it means what you think it means. And they keep using the term genocide 
even though, like, listen, Israel's okay, let, military. Let's talk specifically about that. Okay. Okay. Israel's military has the power to, to if they wanted to, over the last 75 years, they could have easily militarily killed every okay, everybody. I think, I think that's Bank the wrong Gaza. argument. That, that, they, hey, they ha- that hey, argument, let me finish, please. Yeah, but that argument is just refuted. I've, I've had people refute this argument. How do you refute the fact they have the military strength to go in and if they wanted to, they could do what Jordan did to the Palestinians that went there. Okay. They could go in and just wipe them out. And they Ed, haven't. Ed, you are not factoring in that both sides of this conflict believe God wants them to be there. So in the minds of people, Israel is, is Thanos, okay? It has the infinity gauntlet. It has all the power. And the only reason they haven't been able to do good genocide is because of God. Because God wants the Palestinians to win. And that's the problem. Groups like Hezbollah, groups like Hamas, very Iran have promised their people that they are they are promised victory by God. I'm not gonna say the name they use because it upsets people and I have restraint, ironically, but they've been promised by God. So if they stop fighting, there is going to be internal conflict like you have never seen before in your life. Because all people have there, because they have been kept poor and desperate and ignorant for so long, all they have is that belief. And so if they don't get that, it's it's going to be ugly. Well, it's gonna listen. It's gonna be ugly no matter what. Okay, just my final. The point I'm trying to make is that genocide. If if Israel had wanted to commit genocide, it wouldn't be uh, a, a few thousand people. I don't want to diminish it, but it wouldn't be a few thousand Palestinians killed um, when uh, as mass casualty uh, events. It would be they would be targeted, and when you go from a little over a million to over five million. That indicates genocide has not been committed against you by the very definition of genocide. So Israel is not committing genocide. It has no interest in committing genocide. What Israel wants is, can you leave us and stop trying to wipe us out? And because of that... You can't argue that it's genocide when it's a response. True. True. And it's, it's not about the numbers. It's not about whether they were good genocide or bad genocide. It's if, you know, 9-11 happened, right? And so the U.S. went into Afghanistan and ended up with tens of thousands of civilian casualties. Now, that wasn't an attempt to wipe out any group, you know, People in that region were trying to wipe out the Kurds, uh, which is why the Kurdish joined the other side. But it's just the whole thing. It's about intent. And the rhetoric in this whole thing has just been, well, you hate us, but you're less mighty warriors than we are. We hate you just as much, but we're better because we're stronger. It is that, that rudimentary. It is that baby steps. Well, it is impossible. It is impossible to have a rational conversation with somebody who believes that Israel, a uh, Israel took over 
land that was a Palestinian state, and it's not. Uh, it's not true. But and Ed, and, and that Israel no is trying to commit genocide, which the facts show they're not. When people Ed, believe these things as a given, there's it's very difficult to have any conversation about what's going on now because their idea of what the foundation is is completely skewed. Okay, but Ed, you're you're assuming that anybody wants a rational, reasonable argument. Quite the opposite. They want people to get inflamed. They want people to stop thinking and just start reacting. They just want to make people feel so bad that they just want the whole thing to go away. Because what happens when that happens? Everybody gangs up on the side they see as quote unquote more reasonable or should be more reasonable. And they try to get them to shut up to appease the bully. That's exactly what's happening here. All right. We're going to take a break and come back and continue. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Continuing our conversation about, I mean, the, 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 there's an old statement that the first casualty of war is truth. And that's true. And it's 100% yeah, true. Yeah. And yeah, um, people say Israel lies. It's like, yeah, you know what? Uh, there's no question that governments put out statements which at times are intended to mislead. The thing about Israel is they have such a very vocal and active free press who right. loves exposing yep. when the government lies. They, That's what they're there for. They they love it. Like, I, I can't imagine any other place where the free press loves. It. I mean, you think they love it in England? You think they love it in, in, in the States? No. In Israel, they love exposing the government when they've done something wrong. And you know what? There's the, the the opposition, the strength of the opposition to the present government in Israel is substantial. It's, yeah. It, yeah. you know. It, oh, it, that's something people need to realize about Israel is that only 12 and a bit percent of the population voted for Likud, the party of President Netanyahu. Um, Prime, Prime Minister, Minister President, Prime Minister. Yeah. I thought that sounded wrong. Yeah. yeah. Um, but only 12% of the population voted for Netanyahu. Israel has this baffling system where you can cobble together a coalition of parties that have two seats, three seats, one seat. And there has been this back and forth in Israeli politics where everybody wants Netanyahu out, but nobody can get along well enough to get a working coalition. He was out. They had a coalition government of both center-right Jewish parties and Arab parties. The thing everybody claims to want, they had. They couldn't get along. So the government fell and Netanyahu, because he had the party with the most seats, they went back to the polls. It was a stalemate. He was allowed to try again. And the coalition he managed to put together has been increasingly right wing and increasingly religious zealots. Well, it's not some arcane system unique to Israel in a sense. It's proportional representation. And people yeah, in Canada it... want that here. It's like you don't understand proportional representation, as Leanne is saying, it'll it, it doles out votes in small drips and drabs. So these parties yeah. that on their own have practically infinitesimal yeah. support because it, they're they're on the fringes 
they come together and they become components, Voltrons of yeah. a government, and they uh, have the ability, like if they pull out, the government falls. So the government, to keep things together, the coalition has to bend to these lunatics, like they're like, and, and Netanyahu has no principles. So he doesn't care that he's bending to the demands of a of radical uh, religious and political right wingers who the majority of Israel can't stand. Yeah. So it's a it's their political system that has that has got this to got them there. People say they elected Netanyahu. Well, yeah, but no, uh, they didn't. See, I and- don't. I don't believe that as much as people who say that the Palestinians elected Hamas. That argument's used at both sides, and it's wrong on both sides. The average population of the Gaza Strip, the average age is is like 18. Half the population is under the age of 18, meaning they weren't even alive to vote in Hamas. The Palestinian territories have not had an election in 17 years. Yeah, no, it's... uh... No side you've got, can you've actually got, be held responsible for the government they currently have. Yeah, you've got two groups of people who are, you know, this is a, a bad pun with this, but held hostage. That, that This is a hostage situation on many, many levels. And neither side can do very much. They're trying. They're trying very, very, very hard. Uh, mostly within Israel, but that's because of, you know, some of the people who go back and forth from the West Bank. Um, There are attempts, this belief that it's just this cartoonish, you know, elves versus orcs, or, you know, the way the dwarves and the elves don't like each other in the Lord of the Rings. It's, It's not like that. It's very complex. And the minute you start flinging things like, you know, say genocide or things like apartheid that require basically a very tyrannical system with the power to be a for a minority to inflict its will on the majority it it uh, i mean places like russia places like china oh you can't say that no no that'll upset that'll cause an international incident right that's what you say when you say similar things about china or or russia right yeah, I mean, why are the, why are the rules so different? I want people to ask themselves why are the rules so different. That's a- the core of this. That's the, let me let me just finish this point. Yeah, it's not whether Israel has done bad things, whatever you want to call them. I don't care about the words because the problem is is that it a, a political tactic is make the debate a sole d- discussion about whether your opponent is bad or good because an opponent will lose that fight every single time. All people have to find is one thing that they did wrong and that's it. They've lost. What but, you have to yeah. look at is whether they are uniquely bad compared to other people in the same situation. And you cannot argue based on the behavior of all of Israel's neighbors that they are uniquely bad in that region. You just can't. That's counterfactual. And now I don't remember what I was going to say, but there's so much to say. I can just pick up from wherever. The yeah. uh, the the fact is that um, what was I going to say? Oh, the the problem I have with people 
uh, on the far left who knee-jerk support uh, or oppose Israel is that they more oppose Israel than support Palestinians, for one thing. Well, and they yeah. don't they don't realize they have adopted an anti-Semitic worldview without even knowing it. And here's that's how. a whole lot. We've skipped over definitions of terms completely. Yeah, but, but OK, here's here's the way I run. I, I run it down. If you are pounding on Israel for their military response to the, the, the barbarity of what Hamas did to Israeli civilians. And if you're saying that uh, if you're criticizing Israel for going in and trying to rout out uh, uh, Hamas and the number of civilian Palestinian civilians killed, but you're not saying, hey, Hamas, you are using Palestinians as human sacrifices. Oh, no, Ed, now you're being racist. Now no, you're being I'm not. racist. No, you're being racist, Ed. No, no, no. No, they, I'm not. They, you they you are... insist that the Palestinians must condemn Hamas? Oh, that's racist. That's like what they did after 9 11, asking Muslims to. No, that's what people do. That's well, what people do. You know as well as I do. do. Here's what I'm saying that Hamas, if Hamas really cared about pal the lives of Palestinian civilians, they'd surrender or they'd say, we will not inhabit these particular areas. Hamas deliberately places their bases. And this isn't propaganda. It is documented fact. Yeah, in it's hospitals, weird that this isn't better, better known. I find this very strange. Yeah, they put it in hospitals, in schools, um, in um, uh, residential uh, areas like homes. They do this on purpose because to them, every Palestinian civilian who is killed is a point in their favor to show how bad Israel is they're and how martyrs. they are victims. And they they're, are no, willing... they're not victims that they're not victims. The language they're, matters here. They're, they're martyrs. martyrs. That right. means they died valiantly and will be rewarded in the next life. Victims so, is a very different mentality than martyr. So they're like, even though they didn't ask these individuals if they're willing to be martyred, as far as they're concerned, they are martyrs to the greater cause, which I'd like to get to later, but they are martyrs. So as far as they don't wish to minimize, Hamas does not wish to minimize civilian casualties. They wish to maximize civilian casualties. And people mm -hmm. say, that's not true. All people are the same. They want to protect. No, not all people. When you get into certain groups, they're not all the same. We don't all share the same uh, worldview and values. The uh, it, So if you're not saying to Hamas, hey, Hamas, you don't want uh, Palestinian civilian deaths. Get out of civilian areas. If you're not holding Hamas to the fire and saying these people are being killed because you're hiding behind them mm -hmm. and you're instead just criticizing Israel, you have adopted a passive anti-Semitic point of view. See, I think it's actually anti-Semitic and Islamophobic. Because it's they expect that Muslims, well, brown people, period, are the only people who don't have a primary responsibility to protect their own people, to minimize casualties on their side. And unfortunately, you can't you can't turn away from the fact that the only way someone could believe that is that they believe that Arabs are just savages and can't be expected to be held by the same standard as actual humans. We experienced this in a microcosm, you and I. When, what do you mean? Well, when we were at Much Music, 
and on the music committee, which selected videos, much music had specific rules about what could and could not be shown uh, on videos mm -hmm, that they aired. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But if a hip hop video came in for like, hip hop, anything urban um, came in and it the video violated the rules that had been established, the very nice white liberal people would say, well, well, it's part of their culture. We have to let that in because it's part of their culture. As if you can't hold um, black people uh, to the the same rules that you hold everybody else because yeah. it's like they're, they just can't help themselves. You know, they're oversexed and over, like all these horrible okay, black but... stereotypes. And there was one black guy on the committee who just look over and roll his eyes. Well, I remember private conversations of uh what are they talking about and no one knew what they were talking about as far as it's part of their culture yeah because is... i mean we did a documentary on this every every artist we talked to said they were just taking the imagery from hairband metal videos of the 80s yep of the and, 80s. And it yeah, was true. It, it wasn't, it was appropriated culture. It was, and that's the thing. Nobody asked. Nobody asked them. They just assumed because they were racist. Well, they, and these are people who thought they were being anti racist. Yeah. But anyway, it's the idea that. Well, that, uh, that term didn't, wasn't quite popularized. No, yet, no, but, but these yeah. people thought that they were being progressive and supportive. Uh, when in fact, what they were saying is uh, these are individuals who can't be held to yeah. uh, normal standards because they can't help themselves. But it's, and it's, that's a, it's so un, racist. It's absolutely undeniable that there is a dynamic there when it comes to any conflict involving brown people. It's just, well, that's the way they are. They can't help themselves. We must pity them instead of respecting them as equals. Yeah, it's. 100%. There's 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 absolutely no way of getting around um that. And this again is racism from the progressive left who think that they're they're being uh compassionate and sensitive when in fact they're being racist. And we gotta well, go to a break. We'll come back. Okay, that's another thing I want to talk about when we come back, because th uh, right. this is the part that just kills me. <laughs> All right, we're back. What part oh, no. kills you? Okay, so before the break, we were talking about, you know, the whole, um, we'll say benevolent racism, but it's not really benevolent on the left. And the left for years, the re the reason I checked you a little bit on the anti-racist thing is that's a that's a particular worldview. But short version, the 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 left, especially the the very left has been pushing this idea that intents don't matter if someone from the affected group believes that you are a bigot, you are a bigot, you don't get a say, right? right. We've, all, we've right. all encountered this, right? Listen and learn. Right. This has gone out the window when it comes to Jewish people and anti-Semitism on the left. Yo. You no have to convince them. The number of people that I've said you are basing your opinions on an anti on a piece of anti-Semitic propaganda. No, I'm not. I have Jewish friends. Uh -huh. I didn't mean to. I didn't know. 
you know what part of this is? Is there is this, the, the notion has been just put into the bloodstream unconsciously that Jews are rich, powerful people. That all yes. the, we're all rich, powerful people. Yes. So anything Jews do can't be justified because they are in positions of power and they, you know, they're using and abusing which, their power. And it's not which, true. It which is, is just why, not true. Which is why Antifa jokes about getting checks from George Soros won't knock it off when Jewish people tell them you are not helping and don't see the problem. Like if... Jews control the media. Uh, why None have neither you true. nor I been invited to a meeting? None of this is true. And by the way, Ed, the reason I'm using Jewish people is it really confuses people about when the when the appropriate time to say Jews is. I, I feel bad for people on this one. All right. But anyway. Um... Yeah, because some well-meaning people have gotten yelled at for saying Jews instead of Jewish people. Yeah, well, and it's because it, it, some people have turned the word Jew that's into right. an epithet. Right, but it's one of those things like who gets to use the N-word. And I yeah, personally but, don't but, use the N-word even with friends who say it's okay, you're not one of those people. No, I you can't, can say I, the rap lyric. I, I won't say it. it. I can't I get it. it. I, I, it won't pass my yeah. mouth. I, but... I I won't say it unless it's a quote. And then even then, it no, I won't. I pains can't. me. Um, but... but yeah, it's uh, but just so people because I've been asked that a lot that that when I use the term, you know, the Jews, they're like, why can you say that? But I get in trouble. And I'm like, it's there's a lot of complicated things surrounding it of is it just you know, you're either very in group or very out group. And so anybody kind of in the middle is left very confused. And I I want to I want to give some some empathy to that because it is very confusing if you don't. Well, yeah, you know. because like I said, people, uh, anti-Semites have successfully turned Jew into a an insult as opposed right. to uh, a, an identifier. But because of that and because self-deprecating -de humor is a cope for many Jewish people, including me, um, it does confuse people and it is very challenging. And, you know, I had this really nasty exchange with somebody who was applying the, you know, the Jews just lie stereotype and didn't know it. And I, I completely believe them. They were them. They use they them pronouns. Uh, I, I completely believe them that they didn't know. The point is they spread it. And the point I made to them is that you won't give Jewish people the benefit of the doubt when it comes to these stories. You won't give them the benefit of the doubt for honesty. And now you want it for yourself. How interesting. And they didn't get it. Yeah, you don't. You know, people tend not to get what they choose not to get. And you no, know I, this. I just, I just think a lot of people don't think deeply, and that's why some of the things you're saying that are absolutely right are really ineffective in terms of debates, because well, you're you're talking to people that just don't don't think deeply enough to get to the level that you're at. Well, the. Uh... The other thing that, as far as debates that I found online is 
uh, they people can't uh, understand how you can both support Israel's right to defend itself and understand the principle of destroying Hamas and at the same time be really sad and worried for Palestinian civilians. They think that if you are a supporter of Israel's right to exist, you are happy that there are Palestinian hmm. civilians that are killed. Like people have said this to me. Doesn't this make your uh, penis hard? And like, what? No, don't. Yeah. What? Yeah. Showing me victim pictures. Like, no. Why can you not? Like, some people cannot fathom that you can have sympathy and empathy for civilian victims, no matter which side of a conflict they're on. And that's because they themselves wait, 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 can't wait, wait. have People... empathy. If, if if you're on my side, I have empathy or sympathy. If you're on their side, I have none. Whereas I am sick about what's happening to Palestinian civilians. I support the idea that Israel needs to do something about Hamas, but I, I, I don't, I'm not happy at all about what's happening to Palestinian civilians. It's to me, there, I mean, as a Jew, no life is more precious than another. And so I know I am not, I, I'm not happy with what's happening to Palestinian civilians, but they can't grasp this. And that says something about them. I mean, the fact that they turned it into a sexual thing is. Well, these are idiots. Yeah, no, that that's beyond it. That's when people hit that point, it, it really feels to me like reveling in it. And oh, they are. And that that's the part that I get really creeped out because. OK, none of this is good. It's horrifying that it's horrifying and it's more horrifying because nobody can really do anything about it. Yeah. Um... And I don't. And that's the truth. All the protests, all of the nasty things, all of the chanting death to the Jews, all of the free Palestine, all even all of the I mean, they're doing some really, really powerful installations. I don't know if you've seen in Tel Aviv with the uh, the table settings and the photos of the missing and the killed yes, in, I, um, I in, in the university unit auditorium. Yeah. Um, they're really powerful. But let's face it they're not going to do anything because you've got a situation here where neither side can back down. Even if they want to, we're at an existential crisis point. All right. And at that point we have to go to a break and come back and wrap up quickly. All right. You know, it's a uh, symptom of this topic that there were, a few more really important points I wanted to make, but we haven't got any time. This is just, that, which points out, this is not a situation that truly lends itself to black hats and white hats. Yeah. Also, Alan Wake 2 is out today, and I wanted to be talking about that, and I wanted to be downloading that, but I'm not. I'm talking about this nonsense. Yeah, and... And I shouldn't say it's nonsense, but it is kind of nonsense. The fact well, that we didn't talk about the actual... Well, I guess we did, but... We spent most time, most of the time, refuting nonsense. That's very frustrating. And uh, I know that you're using nonsense in place of a word that talks about bovine excrement. Oh, pretty um, much every third word I have used on this show today is not the word I actually wanted to use. <laughs> well, 
See, that's using diplomacy. I wish everybody involved in this would recognize that they're dealing with other human beings and try not to provoke, but to try to be a little more diplomatic. And I say that across the board. Right. At that point, and and that's that's where we're going to stop on this topic because we got to wrap it up. Okay. Um, uh, Leanna can be heard, as you know, on It's Not Therapy, a, uh, a podcast making uh, navigating the madness of mental health is the way that uh, it's described. It's entertaining, but it's informative and it's touching on a human level. Check it out on all podcast platforms and the Sirius XM app. Leanna also has uh, videos on YouTube on the Leanna K channel uh, four nights, four days a week. Five if you're a patron on Patreon, which you should be. Check that out. Um, I am on uh, 94.9 The Rock in the greater Toronto area, midnight to 5 a.m. Eastern time, Monday to Friday, doing the all-night show. We play music. And lately I've discovered that I actually know a little bit more about music than I thought. Uh, there you go. We're playing music. I take calls. It's an, very interesting. It's almost like an SCTV sketch this cast of characters who are real people <laughs> who call up regularly. You couldn't write this stuff. It's just the way it, where it comes from is like, whoa, it's very entertaining and fun. Uh, and But also a sense of community. And that can be found also on the rock.fm and the rock app. And if you go to the rock.fm or rock app, look for on demand, you will find the all-star all night show, which is coll- weekly collections of the best stuff. All right. And at this point, uh, Leanna, I uh, turn it over to you. To take us to the finish line, Leanna. Bye bye.